I, I want to welcome you to today's edition of The Bradley Hall Show. And I am your host, The Bradley Hall. If you or someone you know has recently discovered through an at-home DNA testing kit that one or both of your biological parents are not who you always thought they were, I want you to know that you are not alone. In fact, there is a very large group of people just like you who have connected and bonded over this unique situation. I happen to be one of them. The group is sponsored by an organization called the NPE Fellowship. If you would like more information on how to join this group, please visit my website www.thebradleyhall.com and look for the free NPE resources kit. Simply submit your email and I will send you an email full of links and resources to help you in your journey, including specific instructions on how to find and join the NPE Fellowship. We look forward to sharing your journey with you. Welcome to this episode of the Bradley Hall Show. I am your host, Bradley Hall. I wanted to introduce my guest today. Uh, she's a friend of mine. I actually met Megan on the set for CBS Sunday Morning with Rita Braver, and we were being interviewed regarding our recently discovered NPE status. And Megan and I uh, have become friends, and uh, she graciously agreed to join us today to tell her story. Welcome, Megan. Hey. Hey, how are you? How are you? you? I'm good. good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you uh, joining me today. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. We, and, you know, we both know uh, how important this topic is. Um, sure. Not only us, but a, a, an alarmingly uh, growing large group of people as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So do you, um, do you want to do the honors and uh, kind of explain what NPE uh, means to you, what, what the definition is in your mind and what it means to you? Um, well, you know, it's, it's not parent expected um, from people that have done DNA tests, um, kind of got blindsided by their results. And um, I am one of them. Uh, I have, um, I did a DNA test. I took advantage of a Black Friday sale and like I guess it was just November of 2018 and I got it in I swabbed sent it off was super excited because I just wanted to see how Irish I was um and I got my results back on Christmas Eve of 2018 so I was looking at it and I'm like eh, I'm not as Irish as I thought I was you know I had a lot of German in me and a lot of English it's just kind of like, okay, whatever, maybe, you know, maybe it's just what they're calculating it now, you know, like maybe it'll change later. So I went into my family um, Christmas, you know, events the following day, kind of with this, I don't know, I noticed some discrepancies in my, um, in my results. I didn't see any, any, um, like, my maiden name is Moore. I didn't see any of my surnames in the list of my matches and it was kind of throwing me off. And I saw this uh, second, first cousin that I didn't notice the last name at all. So I was kind of like weirded out by it. So I went into, you know, Christmas with kind of like an uneasy feeling. Um, let me go back a little bit. 
my growing up was not, um, it was not fun. I was the youngest of four and there was a huge age gap between me and the sister above me. Um, there was 10 years. Talk was that my father had a vasectomy and I was a oops baby. So that kind of went along over the years. And then about the time that I was 17 or 18, in a fight, he threw out that I wasn't, that I needed to check my blood type because he didn't think I was his, but I thought he was just saying it out of anger. And so I kind of just let it go, but it was always in the back of my head for years, right? Sure. So now we're, we're fast forwarding here. Those feelings start coming up again, like, oh my God, what if dad was right? What if I'm really not his? So I had, he passed away in 2010. So I had his sister, my only living aunt on that side. Um, I asked her, you know, do you think that if you did a DNA test, would, would it, you think it would bring more of, you know, y'all side of the family to the surface? She said, I don't know, let's try it. So she's 70 something. So I sent her a test. She did it. She got her results back like February 6th or something. And I kept checking to see if she was going to pop up on my stuff. And everybody kept saying, you know, just wait, wait a little bit. Maybe it's just not, you know, resonate. Maybe she has it turned off, like her privacy turned off. So February 9th, I drove, I don't know, like an hour away to go help her navigate through it. And as soon as I opened up her, her, her matches and realized that her settings were not off, I like time just froze. I just sat there and I was trying to keep my composure because I didn't want her to like know what I was really feeling. And I realized that me and her did not match, which means that me and my dad are not, you know, related. We don't share the same DNA. Yeah. So um, I just looked at her and I just started crying. And I'm like, was there ever any talk about, you know, that mom stepped out on dad? And she was just like, oh, baby, come here. And she hugged me, you know, and we just cried. And it was just really emotional and um you know i ended up leaving there driving an hour home just crying the whole time and i i got home and i asked my mom i called her and i was like hey do you have anything you want to tell me my mom is now she's 75 but i guess a year ago she, you know she was she was 74 and i had asked her i was like do you have anything that you need to tell me and she said no i was like well I have some funky stuff come up on my DNA matches with ancestry. Am I allowed to say that, by the way? Sure. NP stands for not parent expected. Right. And it is when uh, someone discovers typically that their father isn't who they thought it was, but there are cases, there are cases where people find out that their mother uh, isn't, isn't who they thought it was. Oh yeah. So, uh, and, and it includes a wide variety of, of things of, uh, you know, uh, affairs, um, uh, adoptions, uh, you know, and, and it's not always nefarious. Not all, not all people have, um, have, have hit it from their child uh, for nefarious reasons, you know. Um, right. some, some have done it to protect their child. Some have done it to protect sure. their secret. There's no doubt about that. There's just a lot of, there's a whole lot of variation, a lot of variables here. So yeah. uh, we don't want to insinuate, you know, anyone's situation to be what it is. Now your situation is a little different, right? I mean, you, I, I, 
you, your mother, um, kept knew. Did your mother know? Yes, my okay. mother knew. Okay. So, has she has she admitted that? Um, no, she has not. Okay. She swears. Um, her her. She's very narcissistic. She's an alcoholic. She, I think, she has fell into her lie, and she's believed it. Uh, you know, um, she, she's her her quote is whenever we did talk about it. I don't talk to her now, um, but it was like I just forgot. Like, I don't know. It, it seems real generic for me. You know, like you just forgot what that I don't, that I don't look like my dad and that I look like your first love, you know, like, so, you know, and the, so it's, um, this is very hard. It's, and, and I'm in the same boat you are. And, and, and you know that, um, yeah. my, I, I was not told, um, I was actually, I heard rumors and, uh, then I verified it accidentally. And I told, I told my story in, uh, in, in the first podcast, the, um, it's very, it's very hard to look at the person who has wronged us and try to have compassion. Right. But it's, but it doesn't change the facts. The facts is, is that human being, human beings, um, will lie to protect themselves, their, their image. And it's also a fact that when we do lie, that, we had, we were often faced with a fork in the road and the fork in the road is to either finally come clean and destroy our image that other people have of us and, and maybe even of ourselves or sure. to go deeper in the lie. And the deeper you go in the lie, the harder it is to come out. Right. And that's, 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 that's just human nature. It's, it, it's factual. So not that people shouldn't be held accountable by any stretch of the imagination. That's, that's, I'm not saying that, but, it does help to understand how, why human beings do the, the things they do. It, it also, right. it takes a little bit of the personal edge off because um, I, I don't know about you. Uh, well, I do know because I know your story, but um, you know, I, I took, it's, it's also human nature to take this in, incredibly personally. I, I, I felt like I had personally been violated and I'd been cheated. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and it was, you want to talk a little bit about that, about your initial? Sure, I mean, like I, I, growing up in my household, I kind of felt gypped anyway, because I was 10 years younger than the sister above me. All three of my sisters had moved out by the time I was in fourth grade. I had to deal with my mom's alcoholism, which got progressively worse over the years. Um, my father worked, uh, we owned a gun range and uh, he worked 16 hour days to provide to stay away from my mom, you know, cause they were married 43 years before he passed away. Um, I mean, it was all, you know, it was just all too much for me as a kid growing up. Like I saw things I shouldn't have had to see. Like I, um, I ended up taking my loneliness and my, I guess, childhood depression and trauma and I flipped it and I started doing drugs at the age of like, I don't know, 11 or 12. And, you know, over the years that turned me into a drug addict and I, I can't really, I can't really blame my parents for that, but I, they did contribute, um, 
from the stuff that was going on in my house, I didn't want to be there, you know? So I went where I was appreciated, I guess you could say, or I, I was, I felt loved. I'll say that I felt loved with friends and, you know, friends had drugs. And then I started to lean into that, you know? So, yeah, well, I mean, and I, I don't mean to cut you off with that, but I, I think it's also, it's important to note here because I did the same thing. And it's important to note that um, this is, this is typical of developmental trauma. Uh, right. when, 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 we, when a child suffers trauma, especially in the formative years, that it, it, there are complications that develop from it. And uh, risky behavior is one of them. It, 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 it clouds our judgment, it clouds our decision-making skills. Um, there's a high level of adrenaline and, 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 and somewhat of a, a, an addiction to that, um, that, that drugs and risky behavior, behavior uh, bring along with it, as well as, as the, the, the lack of self-worth, of, yeah. of not thinking that you're worthy of, of, of protecting yourself, uh, that, that the right. risk is okay because there's, there, there's no concern there. So that's pretty normal behavior. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, you know, like, I mean, it's basically my life, like it was all trauma, you know, now that I look back at everything, it was yeah. just yeah wow. and so so self the, the interesting thing is about that self-inflicted uh trauma is a re, often a result of trauma that was inflicted upon us uh, by someone else isn't that crazy so it is crazy so you know and it's important to understand as we understand this as adults that because shame is a huge part of, of childhood trauma and we carry that shame and the shame it's uh it, it it's self-perpetuating it drives us to to more negative behavior more negative behavior creates more shame and and it's a cycle that's hard to get out of but when we understand that the crazy things that we're doing were caused because of things that were beyond our control then we can begin right. to accept why we're doing it and and take away that shame when we begin to take away the shame everything begins to change it really takes it's like the clouds moving out of the way of the sun and we can really start to, to focus focus on our behavior. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It, it is, it is. Um, so, okay, so you, your father, you think your father, your father knew? I think he had an idea. I mean, he had a vasectomy. Like, yeah, he didn't go get his counts rechecked or whatever the case may be, but I don't know. I was the redheaded, uh, stepchild like I came out with pumpkin orange hair and all my sisters had dark hair yes okay. my mom had red hair in her um in her you know family but I don't know it was just he had a vasectomy I mean right. that's just a red flag anyway you know yeah but yeah. do you do you look like your biological father um yes it, it was a smack in my face when I saw that I, in fact, I, my, I'm, I have four new siblings from my biological father. They're all older than me. I'm the youngest of eight now. Um, they say that I look and act more like him than they do. Seriously. Like is he, yeah. he, pa he passed away a year prior to me finding this out, like a year and a month I'm to sorry. the date. Um, it's okay. And um, I think when they visually saw me, it was like he came back from the dead, you know, like I can only imagine how it would feel on their behalf because I mean, it was just a year, you know, so 
I don't know, they, they say that I, I act a lot like Kim and it's very, um, I guess it's very humbling, you know? It's, yeah. When it's I, a nice uh, surprise for them. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. When I went to visit my, my father, uh, my biological father also passed away, he passed away in 2004. And um, when I went to visit his brother, the only re remaining sibling, uh, he looked like he had seen a ghost when I got yeah. out. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You, and, and we're not the only ones going through this, you know? No. Like they yeah. go through it too, and we just get the brunt of it. I think they yeah. get the other, you know, side of it where they they have to distinguish on whether or not this is real. Right. Uh, you know, like the whole enchilada. So they go through it too. They go through emotion. Yeah, but so, you you bring you bring up um, an excellent point, and this affects everybody. Yeah. You know, so when, when we find out, um, our, our entire world is completely ripped out from underneath us. And I can't stress that enough. I, we'll talk about this in every episode. So many people say, I don't understand why you're being like this. Your father's your father. Nothing changes. Doesn't change who you are. And people who don't experience this have no idea. They, they have no, we, we appreciate their concern. And, and almost all of them are, them are helping. But please, please just stop. You know, we've lost our whole identity. That's exactly right. That's exactly, you know, like we, who we thought we were is no longer, That's right. you know, and we've, we've, whatever we went through growing up, we've built this, uh, it's like we've built an empire and then it all just comes crashing down because right. you don't know who you are anymore. And it's almost like you have to restart over your life. That's like it's crazy. That's absolutely right. But we also need to add that the siblings we grew up with, are now impacted because they, you know, they look at you and they look at us and they say, wow, I thought this was my full sibling and it's only my half sibling. And so it moves into almost like a step parent kind of, kind of thing and yeah. it's hard for them. And not only that, but the drama that is now created within the family and the division that, that may happen between an MP and, and the, the, the parents and mm. in situations, the mother, the full siblings are, they all, they also have to deal with that. And then everyone has to do, and then, then we have the other family, the new family that they have to, you know, the, the, the main family has to deal with the new family and the new family has to accept that there's a sibling they didn't know about. And they have their own dynamics on top of that. You right. know, like I have, I have three sisters that were like maternal, I'll say my maternal three sisters that I grew up with. And then now I have four paternal siblings that they, I know what it's like to go grow up in a house of four. Like there is so many different personalities. There's so many different dynamics. One's best friends with the other. I don't, I, there's just so many, like, there's so many um, parts of it, you know? Yeah. And so they, ha they have, I don't know what their relationships were with each other prior to me, you know? That's so right. here I come like barreling in, interrupting their family. And I don't know about you, I, you're a cancer, correct? Right. Yeah. So I'm very empathetic. So I feel what other people are feeling and I sponge it in. So when all this happened, I wasn't worried about me. I was worried about their mom and I was worried about them, you know? So I was extra, it was extra for me because I was actually like feeling what they were going to feel, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the, um, did you see my talk that I did for the MPE conference, the 2020 mm -hmm. MPE conference? Um, the video where I talked, where I talked about that, about yeah. 
we spend so much time worrying about what everyone else thinks. And, and even more so that people who've experienced childhood trauma become codependent, they become, they, they become more attuned to pleasing people around them and trying to keep their environment safe and keeping everyone happy. And um, it, it, it leads to misery. And, yeah. uh, you know, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of a different subject. I don't really want to go into that today, but I, right. I want to make sure that you, that you did see. Did yes, see absolutely. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's crucial to this whole thing to be able to, to protect ourselves and um, the healing, to, to facilitate the self-healing, we have to be able to set up boundaries, which weren't always, weren't always there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, there was something I was going to ask you a second ago. And now I forgot it. I have, my daughter says this because I lecture too much. So maybe your <laughs> mind's probably like going like this. Like there's so many, like it's like a tree, so many yeah. branches. Um, okay. So we had a little bit of a technical difficulty, but um, we were talking about um, the effect this has on everyone mm -hmm. and um, including, you know, the new family and their dynamics. You were, you were talking about, um, they have, they have their, their clicks and their, the way they do things. And now suddenly there's someone else in the picture and it may not always be positive. It may yeah. be that, um, you know, there may be an entire family unit of, of siblings that are whole siblings that there's some older and some younger, and they have to accept the fact that, that their father had an affair and, and may have had another child and may have known or may have not known. I mean, there's so, so many dynamics. So it's easy for us to get, really caught up in what's happening to us and which is ironic because in the same breath we we have to quit worrying about quit worrying about exactly. how it affects everyone else right um, right so it's a juggling act yeah yeah um so have you met your new family i have um i you know once i so let me backtrack a little bit whenever i found out that my aunt did not um match me I got into this ancestry uh, matching group and I had asked, you know, is this a glitch? And everybody kept telling me, no, I think there was like 200 comments. Um, and a, a lady was in that comment section and she, she messaged me and she said, your story has pulled at my heartstrings. I want to help you. I'm a DNA search angel and I want to help you find your biological family. And so that moment in time, I was kind of in a fog. I didn't really know what was going on. Um, and I just was like, you know, whatever, let's do this, you know? So we connected on that side level. And um, that was on February 9th, February 11th, like a day and a half, she found my biological family. Um, uh, she found out that it was, you know, um, my bio father, he had four kids. We lived very close to each other. Um, uh, he had passed away a year prior. And so once I, once that was confirmed, um, I immediately found one of my um, brothers on Facebook. And I sent him this really long message saying, hey, this is what's going on. I'm like 99% sure that I, basically belong to y'all, you know? Yeah. And he read it and he conversed with all of his um, siblings about it. And his first um, message to me was, let me see a picture of your, your calves and I'll tell you if you're any kin to me. 
because apparently they my bio father had big calves muscular calves muscular legs just like the four of them and as soon as he said that i literally had to laugh because i have these big old i have big old calves muscular calves and thighs and i have they've they've always been an insecurity of mine because my sisters didn't have them you know yeah and so I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. So I sent him a picture. They conversed a little bit. Two of my siblings didn't want anything to do with me. They didn't, they thought it was a scam. Um, I think one, I, they just thought it was a scam. Um, and then, so me and that brother conversed a little bit more. We went to like a private DNA test just to, just to clear the air and make sure and it came back, we were like 97% positive siblingship. So he, he, um, he sent the, you know, the results to the other three. And um, when I met him that day at the private place, he was just looking me up and down. He said he didn't even need that DNA test to, um, to show that we were related, you know, because yeah. he said it was like looking at my father yeah so um but yeah i met them as of now a year later we're all great we spent thanksgiving together christmas together um i met one of the sisters that lives in virginia she wasn't around for thanksgiving but she came down for christmas it was great we got great pictures i i am very blessed on that because some people don't get what i get um a lot of a lot of people um even though I lost my bio father and I'm never going to get to know him. I have four siblings. I have a bunch of nieces and nephews now and they love me. They accept me and my husband and my kids. And it's just, it's really a blessing. Um, I think for everybody at this point, but, um, I'm, I'm, as far I'm, as that goes. Yeah. I'm happy to hear you. I'm happy to hear that. Um, yeah. because we belong, we didn't mention this at the beginning, but we belong to the same group. The uh, the NPE fellowship, uh, mm-hmm. and, and we have a they have a group uh, on on Facebook of people just like us, right? Um, and you know, and it's we hear a lot of stories. And I think we're up to seven thousand, seven thousand over seven thousand, yeah. Which is phenomenal because when I joined, um, I, I think it'd be two years ago in June, I think we were around three hundred people. Oh, wow. I think whenever I joined, it was either, I think it was like 4,200. So, okay. okay. Yeah. So just in less than two years, we've gone from, from 300 to, yeah. uh, to 7,000. 7, crazy. It is crazy. And, uh, it's, it, this is a thing. And, um, it's like a an lot epidemic. Of people, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. And a lot of people don't have the success story with their new biological family that, that you have. So, you are very blessed and, and yeah, I'm absolutely. really happy to hear it. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, did you, did, when you found out the reserve or the results, did, did it make sense? I mean, once you got past the initial fog, right. I mean, at first we're like, I can't, I can't pieces together, but at some point did it go, did you have an aha? This, this. All oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I was, I felt like growing up, I was treated differently. I felt so, I mean, just seeing my bio father was aha in general because over the years, I've always studied 
like me and my sister side by side, like we have similar features, you know, but I think once my dad had said that one thing to me about me not knowing, like him not knowing if I was his or not. Um, and I, like I said before, it was like in the back of my head the rest of my life. Um, I would always just like study side by side pictures and be like, try to psych myself out of it. Like, oh, he was just angry. Um, we look like each other, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of things make sense. My insecurities that I've had growing up are answered now, yeah. which sucks because I'm almost 37, you know, like I went through all that um, growing up to have it all answered now. Like why, yeah. you know. Um, well, there, now that I mean, there are two ways to look at that, right? I mean, it, it, it does suck that it took so long. And, and I went sure. through the same thing and I didn't find out until I was uh, 46, but, but we did find out. And, you know, this is, this is at, least you, at least we know now and at least we can move forward with the truth. And yeah. I, I say this all the time that I can deal with anything in my life as long as I know the truth. It's, it's when, when I'm deceived and people are, are intentionally trying to, to hide things from me. And, and no, as long as I know what's going on, I, I can move forward. And so I, I feel liberated. And I talk about that in, in you know, in that, the speech I gave at the, the press uh, the right. retreat. Um, I, do you feel that way? Uh, I do. I feel like I'm not crazy. Like, I feel like I felt, I felt very gypped with a lot of things growing up. I felt treated differently by some of my grandparents, um, like my mom's side. Um, And it's funny that my mother's parents treated me differently, but my dad's parents loved me and treated me amazingly. And they're not even my real grandparents at this point now, looking back, you know? And so it's um, my my father passed away three months before I got married in 2010. And so I felt gypped then that he wasn't able to walk me down the aisle, but he walked my three sisters down the aisle, which now it's like, was that supposed to happen? I don't know. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have all these things going through my head on the whys and the what ifs. That's a hard thing for me. I can admit like I, it, it kind of consumes me sometimes. Um, well, sure. But, but, uh, as far as like, I don't know, there's just a lot of things that didn't add up growing up and they're all kind of like, hmm, that, that's why this happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know? I have the same, I have those same things. Um, almost, I mean, almost identical. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and one of the things it, it can be overwhelming to think back and, and, you know, I feel like I was treated differently as well, but that's a slippery slope because, you know, the, we also have the, the, uh, acclimation to begin to, uh, we, we also have the tendency to start seeing things that may not be there. Right. And, you know, so what, what is ultimately important is what's happening right now. You know, who's, who's, who's interacting with us on a healthy level, who, who's treating us with respect um, who, who is good for us, who is not as good for us and, and try to move forward and not, not live in the past, right. uh, which is easier said than done. And it applies to every situation, but it's certainly, certainly one that helps in, in this instance. So, um, cool. Well, um, is there anything you, you'd like to, to finish this off with anything that we didn't get to talk about you'd like to, to mention? 
I mean, you know, I just, um, you can take a second. I, We're not live. You can. Okay. I mean, like, I feel, I don't know for the people that are going through this now, like I remember first coming into the, like our group and, um, first finding all this out. I, I definitely, um, for, okay. For me, it affected me a lot because, um, I got really depressed. I, um, I did, uh, want, I did have suicidal thoughts, uh, for a, a long while. Um, I, I just felt like, um, I'm trying not to cry. Uh, please do. No, I don't want to cry. <laughs> I, I, want you to, um, I mean, I, want, I don't mean please do. I meant, you know, I oh. want you to feel free to, to be honest. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I, I just feel that um, in a year's time, I've come a long way from when I first found out. I have my moments every now and again where I, it's very consuming about like, oh, well, my, my kids are never going to have any grandparents because, you know, my husband doesn't, I mean, whatever, he, he doesn't have, they don't have any grandparents on that side, really. And my dad's gone. He would have been amazing grandfather. Um, my bio father was an amazing grandfather from what I hear. He, my siblings say that he would have accepted me with open arms had he known, which really makes me angry at my mother because who knows what my life would have been like if I had a split household, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if I were, you know, did the weekend dad thing and, or whatnot, like how would, would I have been a drug addict? You know, like I, I ask all these questions to myself, like, how would it, how would it have panned out, you know, if my mother had been honest and just, even after my dad passed away in 2010, if she felt like she was going to get in trouble by him or scolded because she cheated on him, like, why wouldn't she had told me after he passed away? Because nobody was going to, like, it wouldn't have mattered. Dad was gone, you know, like, why didn't you tell me, hey, there is a possibility that you might have another father out there and this is who he is um i would have had seven years with him to get to know him yeah you know before oh, he I, passed away and i feel really jet yeah and you're absolutely you're absolutely right and, and there's there's two things i want to add to that the first thing is is that you you could be completely wrong it, you could have met him it could have been a complete disaster but the but that was your decision to make that was your experience to experience. And for someone to deny us that experience is where, is where we feel cheated, is where we've, we've been wrong. That yeah. at some point, now there's a lot of debate about when, when to tell someone, you know, and, it go, and that, that kind of goes along with the adoption argument. Do we tell them when they're a small child? We tell them when they're a teenager? Do we wait till they're 18? You know, 18, you're legally adult, but are you, are you really emotionally immature enough? It depends right. on the situation. But at some point, I mean, you were, you said you were 36. I'm 36. Yeah. Now. And then, so 26 years old, I would have been, and she could have told me, but she was so, yeah. she, she just says she forgot. Yeah. So here we are, you know, yeah. but I'm very angry at her. I'm not, you know, like I told her, I'm not mad at you for the infidelity stuff happens. You know, you were a stay at home mom of four or three at the time. My dad worked 16 hour days. 
you know, back in the day, it was probably inevitable that that and was going to happen. Are, people are people. This is people yeah, humans. Like thousands mistakes, of years. Right. Beings, we make mistakes. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so I wasn't mad at her for going back to her first love, like whatever, I'm a love child. I was mad at her for not telling me and jipping me once again of an opportunity to get to know this guy. And um, I just can't forgive her for that. Yeah, I've tried. I've tried (laughs) to forgive her. I've tried to let it go. I've tried to lie to myself about forgiving her and I just can't do it because then I'm not true to myself. And she's caused me so much trauma over the years that I feel like I just can't let this one go. Like I have, I had to cut ties with her. I do not talk to her. Well, let me, let me ask you something. And I, I don't know what the answer to this for you is, but I I do want to know. And this, I'm doing this not only for fellow MPs to tell their story, because I think that's important, you know, and you know how critical I think that is. Right. But we have, we have parents that are going, uh, of MPs that are going to hear this, hopefully. And we just want them to understand what we're dealing with, you know, and people have a tendency to be on guard and and defend their position. And, and I I don't want, I don't want that. I want people to listen, to understand where we're at. Yeah. Do you think, this is speculative and if you can't answer the question please feel feel free to be honest and tell me but do you think if your mother called you right now and said i'm sorry i didn't tell you the truth i don't know i don't know why i didn't tell you the truth i understand it hurts you please forgive me can you work with that i'm not saying can you forgive her i'm saying would that be enough of a absolutely so i could work with that yes from what i what i didn't get is like i like i told you i got I forgot, like, I'm sorry, what do you want me to tell you? Like, stuff happened, you know, whatever. That was basically like what I got from her. And um, yeah, absolutely. If she would call me up out of nowhere and be like, I apologize. I can't believe that um, I I have put you through all of this stuff. Like, it would be a different story if she, if I didn't have to dig for information or if I didn't have to make her apologize to me. If she did it 100% on her own, it was genuine and, you know, it would be totally different. I could yeah. work with that. Like if she was um, empathetic to my feelings instead of not being like a narcissist and being kind of like, oh, well, I just forgot, you know, like it would be totally different, but yeah. she's not like that. And it, it, it sucks excuse me, but it does, it, you know, it, it does. It, it really does. And it, it's what happened when, pe- when people are on opposing sides and uh, humility goes a long way in repairing relationships. Oh yeah. And the first thing, one of the first things she said to me was, so you're going to tell everybody. Yeah, I am going to tell everybody because they love me and they, you know, they care it's about not, me. You're not, you're not a secret. We're, no, we're, I'm not a secret not, anymore. I'm wide open. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, and so that's where the shame comes in, right? The shame from the trauma is you can't tell anyone because 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 some something is wrong with the situation. You can't tell anyone because you're a mistake. You weren't supposed to happen. We have to hide you. That's that's a subliminal language that goes along with that. Right. And in in my healing, I immediately rejected that and like no no, I've got enough of that from my childhood already that I have to mm-hmm. deal with that I'm, I'm beginning to start to come out with now. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to accept this. This is this is who I am. This is not my my doing. I didn't have anything to do with this, and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to help other people. 
And right. it's not, and, and, and this is that honesty I was talking about a minute ago where we deserve to know and then let us make our decisions from there to have all the right. information. And this, yeah. this is part of it. I, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell the truth. And then what you do with it is, is up to you, you know, or, or the, the other person. So I'm right. I'm right there with you. This is, you should not be ashamed of this at no, all. Not so, and, not so ever. Like it, yeah. it is, um, you know, like the way that I thought about it is when she said that it kind of solidified a lot of things for me because I'm like, Oh, she really doesn't want, she's really all about her identity, which like her, uh, what is it called? Um, her uh huh reputation reputation but she doesn't have one so i don't know why she's like she was acting like that you know like she's she doesn't she hasn't had a reputation years but for her to only think about what other people were going to think about this like that hurt even worse i'm like i'm the one suffering here not you not these people i am and i'm going through this who cares what these people think like i um i definitely i said i'm not i'm not taking up for her anymore. I did that too long. I'm not stand like, I'm not gonna be like, Oh, mom did something bad. You know, yeah. like, let me, let me, uh, I can't think of the word. Sorry. <laughs> uh, um, anyways. Yeah. So she's just a narcissist and I just, I had to tell my story and I told it loudly and when I was ready and, um, I own it now, you know, like I, I think in general, I am very blessed with all the, the goodness that came out of this. Um, I still struggle with not being able to meet my bio father. It really hurts. Um, but I, I'll, I'll get through it. I've been through a lot of stuff in my life. Um, this one's just taking longer for me to get through and, um, but, but you're doing it you're doing it with the truth you now know who you are you know where you come from and you can be we can we can begin to rebuild our identity the way we want to build Uh, and 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 that's a huge key it's what i talk about in in that talk that you you already built who you were based on the information you had you just we just didn't realize we were doing it you know when you're younger you just you just grow up but now you're at a point where you get to decide who you want to be based right. off where you come from and it's a blessing it's and it's hard to remember remember that at times because the the trauma can be overwhelming but you're yeah. i i'm 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 glad we got to meet um you know it was a little unnerving that we met uh sitting right in front of rita braver uh, <laughs> right yes cameras in her face but um but you know listening to your story and and watching you and other people's in, uh, people in the group because i've been in there almost two years and so mm-hmm. i've seen so many people come in and watching the evolution of people i i'm extremely proud of you i oh, thank you yeah you're welcome you're absolutely welcome and i i definitely from the time that this all began i i didn't think i was going to be here for my kids that's how bad it got you know yeah. And, um, there was a period of time where I was drinking to get wasted for like two weeks straight. And I was like, I had to snap out of it. Like, this isn't who I am. What am I doing? Um, and I felt like I was kind of going back to my old ways from when I was a drug addict and I, I've been clean from drugs for 13 years. Like there's no way I was going to get, uh, I don't want to roll right over that. I want to tell you that that's, that's amazing. You should be very proud of that fact. I know you are. I'm, 
and I'm very proud and I'm because I know what I was like before I stopped doing drugs you know so it was yeah. I'm very when I say I built myself to where I was you know and then it all got taken away from me again like yeah. I really worked hard during my sobriety to uh come back make a comeback and yeah. I feel like I'm making a comeback again and uh everybody's like you're strong you've been through everything like you'll get through this and Sometimes I question it, but I know deep down I'll get through this, you know, like it, it'll, I've, I've come because, a long way. So. It's because you're resilient. Resiliency is a, is a side effect of trauma. And when we do make it through um, and we look back that we've been through more than most people can understand. And when you realize what you've been through, you realize that you had to be strong to get through that. You have the strength to move forward. And you certainly do, my yeah. friend. Appreciate it. You're welcome. So, Okay. Well, I appreciate you uh, doing this today and uh, for, for telling your story. It's part yeah. telling your story is part of the healing process. It's healing. Like I oh, feel, yeah. I feel very uh, lightened today. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm glad to help. And keep telling your story. It's, it's, yeah, it's therapeutic. And the more you tell it, the more it normalizes it and uh, helps reduce that shame factor we were talking about for sure. I'm going to write a book someday about all this crap. You should, you absolutely mm -hmm. should. And I'll be, I'll be the first to buy it. Yay. <laughs> so, okay. Thank you again, Megan. It's always a pleasure. And thank uh, you for having me. I'm, I'm really looking forward to how all your podcasts go and I'm really looking forward to listening to all of them. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I hope this is uh, the start of something, something big and beautiful. So oh, it will be. I, I appreciate your support. So um, absolutely. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Take care of yourself. All right. Thank you too. Thanks, Megan. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.